Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nassour Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMES. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMES. Give us a call now before you turn into TV. Everybody on their mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash and burn 40 on the tech. Yeah, I make the nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a black nation. Hold on. Are we signing up for Killer Mike's Greenwood Bank? This bank is a new majority black and Latinx owned and operated digital bank that hopes to make supporting black owned banks a little easier. Now, Greenwood is created by Bounce TV founder Ryan Glover, ATL rapper and nationwide activist Killer Mike, and former Atlanta mayor Andrew Young. They have received $3 million so far in startup money and tens, tens of thousands of future account registrations from black and brown people. So I need, I want to ask you, oh, by the way, I said black and brown people. I'm sorry about that. I need, I want to ask you something. Can you tell us the importance of banking black and brown and the advantages of online banking? Sure. So it looks like they took the uh, name Greenwood from the neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Black Wall Street was, where uh, these groups of individuals practice collective economics and they were building up businesses and building up wealth in the black community. So this idea is coming from that mind frame where we are going to pull our resources together as a black and brown community in one centralized bank uh, in order to have that money be redistributed into loaning out money to businesses or homeowners uh, so that we can collectively build build our wealth. Um, When you have a local bank in the community, um, especially a black owned bank, when the people put their money into the bank and deposit it, uh, the bank then takes that money, redistributes it to other businesses or entities. Um, and then that's a vehicle for those communities to build wealth. So, um, the, the good thing about this, because it's an online bank and we're moving towards like digital, uh, currency, uh, this allows for you to get access to your paycheck a little sooner, Um, it doesn't charge you any hidden fees. So you're not going to have to worry about any overdraft fees, any sort of monthly maintenance fees or anything that a typical bank or, um, one of like the rush card or something would charge you. So what happens a lot in our community is we are what's called underbanked. And when you're underbanked, you don't have access to, uh, 
a bank account and then you end up falling into pit traps like check cashing where they charge you like, you know, anywhere from three to eight percent of your money to cash your check. Or you end up doing things like payday loans to cover your expenses until your next payday, which has uh, a large heavy fee attached to it. So Chiller might create in this platform for black people to put their money together so that that money gets redistributed amongst our community is a great thing. And I think we should all look into uh, banking with this organization. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is the game where we are trying to find out, is this the bullshit? And we start in Jacksonville, Florida. Abina Horton, an attorney who is black, her husband, a white artist, wanted to get their house appraised. Like most married couples, their home is filled with photos of them together. Their six-year-old son and family members from both sides. Of course, that makes sense. Their bookshelves include books by Black authors and African-American anthologies. She said her first reaction to the appraisal was a big eye roll. This person is being so petty, so hateful. He's wasting my time. This is what the attorney said. Why did I let myself forget that I live in America as a Black person? and that I need to take some extra steps to get a fair result. Honey, do you think this is some bull Her black household items depreciated her value of her home. This is absolutely some bull It's a problem in America where real estate is uh, consistently undervalued for black people. So once she took away the black items from her house and whitewashed it, her appraisal went up 40%. You know how much money that is? Like that's taking away literal wealth from black people. And um, a fun fact is that the majority of appraisers in America are white males. Is it bullshit that Cardi B got shamed by men who would pay her $20 for a lap dance back in 2009? Yeah, that's some bullshit because I, yo, seeing Cardi B in that position, I didn't even think her boobs looked bad. Like, they still look good. I don't know where this uh, was coming from, where they felt like they needed to shame her. But I still would very much like to see Cardi B's boobs, and I would probably pay for it. And they probably would pay for it. So, yeah, it was some definite bull. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. In 2020, Egghead marketer and richest modern day nerd Jeff Bezos has accumulated 200 billion in his life thus far. Former West African king Mansa Musa doubled that centuries ago. Hanif, why is it important for the world to know that a rich white man isn't the first man to become rich? 
Yeah, yeah. I, so I wanted to talk about this because a few episodes back, I had mentioned that Jeff Bezos is uh, the richest person to ever have lived. And while I was um, aware of who Mansa Musa was, I just had assumed based on what I was reading that somehow Jeff Bezos' current wealth has surpassed what Mansa Musa's was. But then when I went back and revisited it, I realized that Jeff Bezos still hasn't even come close to the wealth that Mansa Musa had amassed. Um, and when you think about it, his wealth, Mansa Musa, um, who was the emperor of uh, what was called Mali um, at the time, uh, and he had access to gold, like actual physical gold, um, which is basically the standard for all wealth or um, currency. So what I like about Mansa Musa is, is that, you know, he, he was a Muslim and during his pilgrimage to Mecca, he would actually um, go through whatever countries were on the way and give his gold away to the poor people. And that would upset the balance of the local economy, because now what you have is poor people changing from poor people to rich people based on Mansa Musa just giving away his money. So he was benevolent at the same time. So where you have a society where you have the wealthiest people in the world at 1% holding all the wealth and they kind of keep their money circulating amongst themselves and you still have this extreme poverty, Mansa Musa was actually going to and not giving it to no organization that no Red Cross, no, he gave it directly to the people and changed their lives, you know, the best way that he could. So not only was he was the richest person in the world to ever have lived, he was probably the most benevolent person as well. All right. Just wanted to clean up some things that you said. Mali is actually a country in West Africa. Mm -hmm. What's crazy right now is there is a uh, military coup going on right now in Mali. Currently, they have uh, they have arrested the nation's president and prime minister. Mm. Uh, they have continuing protests over economic woes and a worsening national security situation. Yep. You, real quick, you know, I forgot to add, though, you're right. It, it's also reported that Mansa Musa's wealth is actually what brought um, what highlighted West Africa as a wealth state um, or a wealthy area that, okay. attracted, yeah, wealthy area. that attracted colonizers or uh, you know colonialism so what, what, what was happening was white people in Europe in the West was hearing about this wealth, this massive wealth, and they got curious and wanted to go over and see it. So it was actually probably his wealth that was the catalyst for modern day or uh, the Atlantic slave trade. have arrested a Memphis rapper who bragged about getting rich from filing unemployment claims up to $1.2 million in a music video. 
Hanif, is it bullshit that the American government do not want to praise a black person for getting money other than drug dealing? Yeah, that was some bullshit. That was some straight bullshit because <laughs> what you, why would you brag about that in your music video? Um, I, I also get, you know, the part where the government is extra like petty and looking into black people and you know their dealings but to broadcast that in your music video that, that was some bull Indian airport authorities literally struck gold when they spotted a man walking oddly and discovered he had about two pounds of gold bouillon shoved in his rectum according to this report also the gold air passenger arrived in Dubai on Tuesday, all right, at the airport, where he tried to, to avoid paying a 18% tax on his nuggets, no pun intended. So, Hani, my question to you, is it some bullshit that it has to hurt in order to save money? That's some bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I get it, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that tax is costing you some money that you feel like is unnecessary, then I would try and smuggle it into the country. I don't know if I'm willing to, to go so far as to stick it up my ass, but um, I, I feel for even trying to game the system, so. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Why does Whole Foods and Newark have armed security? Ask Newark resident and Harvard University graduate former investment banker, author, social justice activist, and the co-founder of Impact, a financial technology platform, Michael Anderson. Mr. Anderson produced a receipt to back up his explanation that he wasn't a thief at a downtown North Whole Foods. Now, he's currently protesting this racially biased occurrence. However, he, he isn't the first to see racial discrimination in America's favorite organic soy shop. Former Whole Foods manager and beautiful woman, Michelle Brown of Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, has recently filed a suit of racial discrimination she experienced during her tenure at Whole Foods. Honey, why doesn't America's most healthy supermarket want Black Americans to be healthy? And more importantly, do you think that the only reason there is a Whole Foods in downtown Newark is because 37% of downtown Newark's residents are now white Americans. Yeah, you, you know what stood out to me in this article was um, where he mentioned that um, this was kind of the same background or premise as to what happened with George Floyd. When George Floyd went into a store and was accused of having a counterfeit bill, and then it escalated to the point where the police was called, it ended in his life being taken. And what Mr. Anderson is saying is that could have, if, if he didn't have the emotional intelligence to deal with the situation, that could have escalated into that same scenario uh, at that Whole Foods in North. And, and this is where it's an issue when you have places like Whole Foods who claims... Who, who's like this liberal center where people go like you're woke if you go to Whole Foods like that's kind of the connotation that they give off yeah, um, yeah I agree I agree 
and 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 if you're in the middle of a city that's predominantly black and you treat patrons in that way it causes it's a cause for concern it's like what is your model your corporate model that makes you feel like you have to pay for armed security in order to protect groceries from people who are frequent in that area and it, and, and you know the problem is being a black person right it doesn't just go away with a simple explanation because what what happens is he's already been disrespected he's already been assumed to be guilty and it was a simple explanation hey i have this item i have the receipt no harm no foul you know what i'm saying but they automatically like ganged up on him you know made him feel like he was doing something wrong and caused all of this confusion over a simple misunderstanding which could have resulted in his death so he has every right he's, he has every right to be upset to protest to boycott and do all the things that he needs to do to bring attention to this matter because in today's time when all of this is going on that um black people are having these unnecessary runners with police i think these these organizations that we spend our money at can stand and be a little more uh understanding to our situation it's amazing how around the corner from that whole foods there is that big sign that black lives matter sign that's around the corner that's mm. pretty that's pretty funny um what do you think about whole foods just as an organization period where they have basically racial discrimination in three different states right now. We're talking about New Jersey, we're talking about in Mass, and we're talking about in Pennsylvania. What do you say to that? To a place that has taken over what Pathmark, ShopRite, and uh, Publix in Miami has done as far as in the supermarket game? Right. Um, I mean, it just speaks to, you know, this, this fake you know, alignment with uh, the culture at this time. Like what, what, what you still have happening is uh, these companies do not understand diversity. And one of the reasons why they don't understand diversity is because when you look at their makeup, right? I, I guarantee that if you, you went into that Whole Foods, right? Probably every, there's a disproportionate amount of low level employees who are black and brown. Absolutely. But as you climb the corporate ladder, that numbers get gets less and less. And as you get to the top, there's more white faces in these places that's making the decisions. And when you don't have diversity at the top and it's at the bottom, it creates a, a caste system almost. You know what I'm saying? Where you look at black people as subordinate, you don't look at them as your equal. So when they come up and they make complaints or when they try and voice their concerns, from that perspective, you don't have any voice of reasoning with any sort of power helping you to make your corporate decisions. And, and what you're going to have is just a natural process of discrimination that happens in these circumstances. It's crazy because you know it's always going to wind up being that one Black American that gets to you know climb through the charts, get to that top level. But he or she is going to look like the person that is going from subordinate to symbol, not subordinate to executive. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Who are the greatest groups ever? What are your top five favorite groups or 
the top five groups of all time. I wanted to know what you think, and maybe you would like want to know what I think. What makes a great rap group? Right. You know, so I was thinking about the things that I liked in the past and then the things that I like right now. So I want to talk about right now real fast, not like talk about it, talk about it, but some here's two girls that I'm going to give them some points. City girls. Right. So city girls, what makes them dope is that, you know, they both are doing, you know, they basically doing, you know, cosplay Rache. You know, that's what they doing. You know, they doing Rache talk, which is fine. Now, the fact that they both look like a couple of baddies, that's what men like in today's world right now. It's always good to have two baddies, you know? It's just better than one, you know? And they had that look, they have their swagger. So for them, it's more of an image. Because they rap alike. You know, they rap the same for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, but it works for them. And I think it's more of the presentation of them too. Like they look like two baddies. They act like two baddies, talk, rap like two baddies, you know, they just baddie. That's just how they come in. Now let's go back in the day to a run DMC where it's more of like a different type of presentation. You have the MC, well, they're both MCs, but run is looked at more like the eighties version of trash, where it's like, he's the lead singer of the group, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you have DMC who plays the second man, not that's not even necessarily a hype man because they hype each other. Like they're they're a real rap group. And then you have Grandmaster J, of course, rest in peace, who played the DJ. Now this is like traditional hip hop at its finest right here. When you have that type of um that type of uh you know that type of chemistry, that type of group. You got the MC, you have the MC slash hype man, and then you have the DJ. That's what Salt and Pepper came up with. That's what Naughty by Nature uh you know brought up with. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, BC Boys, in a sense, also third base, in a sense. Right. So, you know, I feel like what makes a great rap group great is just great presentation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say chemistry as far as lyrical, lyrical chemistry, but more of the how you are as people. I feel like Onyx look like people that really hung out together, you know? For sure. They had like all bald heads and they all look like cousins. They all look like first cousins of each other. You know what I mean? Like this was like a, the locks is another group that's like that. Right. Where they had three different styles, but they look like they done hung around each other in Yonkers for at least 14 years of their lives. Right. You know, what, what say you about all that? Um, so I feel like uh, 75% of the group needs to be able to be nice enough to have their own solo career. Um, yeah, there's some groups that are like tremendous based on they all they all have to be together and cohesive in order for you to to, to love them. So that's NWA, I would say Mob Deep, I would say uh uh Bone Thugs and Harmony, um where you have your standouts, but I prefer to hear them together. But when, mm. when you when you talk about outcasts, I can listen to Big Boy or um, Andre 3000 individually and still think that they're dope. And then when they come together, they're still dope. 
you still have that with the locks. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that to me is what makes, especially today in today's time, makes a group um, powerful. You know, the one thing about groups that I found very funny is that groups don't last long. Yeah. There's not a lot. And, and I feel like they don't last long because of that thinking that you have right there where you're saying, and don't get me wrong, your thinking is not wrong. It's just more of the, the thought process of, well, if 75% of them can go solo. Right. It's almost as if going solo, which it probably is, can look like the more better thing to do than to be in a group. But some people don't succeed alone. Like, realistically, Jada Kiss is not necessarily a dynamic, successful solo artist. Right. He's a dope, but he's a dope lyricist. But so is Styles P. But compared to Styles P, he looks like the more sellable artist, the more commercial, more mainstream artist. Right. You know, but 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 to your credit, you're right. I'll, I'll, you know, the greatest groups of all time, they're all for, you know, the the individuals of these groups, your Wu Tangs, your yeah. Outcast, your Run DMCs, your NWAs. But look they at have solo careers. Wu Tang is, I would say, in the category by themselves. Because they were, yes, they were a group, but you know what I'm saying? Like they were from different hoods in Staten Island. Like, I don't know if you you, you saw the uh the the show Wu-Tang on Hulu. Right. But they basically took back the history. Like Raekwon was shooting at the at first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I mean they but they like they they coming from like teenagers to their twenties, you know what I mean? Right. A lot of things can can happen in the span of those years. And then when you become this type of adult where you're like, yo, this is my talent. I really got something going on. I really want to make this happen. You start to mature up real fast. Yeah. And and I think another part of that, so, that it, you know, we talk about Naughty, Naughty by Nature. We talk about Wu-Tang. Like, Wu-Tang had the risen. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, in this, that, that level of producing is going to guarantee you success. So when you get the risen, then you get Raekwon, Ghostface, Method Man, Inspector Deck, you got like, you know what I'm saying? You get these, these lyrical people with a dope producer, that's going to put them in a league of their own. Naughty by nature, you know what I'm saying? You had KG, Vinny was never, like you were saying, Vinny's like more of a hype man slash second lyricist, but Tretch was always the lyricist. The yeah, Tretch Tr- is the lyricist. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that, like you said, that chemistry, when you put that together with a dope producer, um, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to make magic. The locks, you know, are different in that they are all spitters. Um, and they didn't have like a, a producer, a set producer, but then they connected with bad boys. So then that put them. Oh, they had one. Exactly. Oh, they, oh, they had one. <laughs> they had two, actually. I mean, Puffy was a great producer as far mm-hmm. as he wants to turn out that hit. He's right. going to pay extra money for that sample. He's going to guarantee you that hit. But I think that's probably another reason why these those artists that was with Bad Boy probably be mad because their greatest hits be songs that have samples in it. They got to pay publishing. Puffy already taking you already. You know what type of percent? 
So it's kind of hard to really eat off that. You basically in the limelight because you have a hit song, but you're not really eating as if you have a hit song. Yeah. Probably. That's that's speculation, but probably. I mean, but then the locks got Swiss beats too. Yeah. I mean, yo, like the in my opinion, the locks, they just needed really good marketing. They needed really good marketing. That's what they needed. They needed someone to recognize that the whole we are the streets or we the streets, that was exactly what they wanted to do. That was their authenticity. That was their authenticity. Right. NWA never had to go commercial. Look how successful they got to be. But they had Dre and Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? So if you got, if you, if, say for instance, if they had, hold up, they have Swiss Beats in, in fucking Styles P. Oh, that's not the same, that's not the same thing. So what I'm saying is that. Hold on, so you're telling me, oh, I'm just, 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 I'm just asking, just asking a question. I, I know you're about to talk and you can say everything you want to say. Just, just have a question. So I know Dre is the most successful producer, but we're not saying Swiss Beats is, you know, in that realm. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying oh, okay. I'm, what I'm saying is it's not the same in terms of what what Swiss Beats was able to do for the locks. You have Dr. Dre, who was the sole producer for NWA and Ice Cube. You had Ice Cube, MC Ren, uh, DOC. These are these are writers. You know what I'm saying? These are spitters and writers who are collabing with Dr. Dre, who is like the ultimate producer. You know what I'm saying? Exclusive producer for that group. Right. Swiss Beats did a few tracks for the locks and, and then they used other producers, but they didn't have, like, say for instance, if the locks would have partnered with Primo and then just did a whole album with Primo Beats and they was able to rap over those tracks. But isn't the We Are the Streets album straight up Swiss Beats, um, Swiss Beats Beats? I no, they got they got primo beats on there. They got they, they do got a primo beat on there. You ain't lying. Major producers, and you know what I'm saying. They didn't have, uh, you know what I'm saying. Think about the basis of Jam Master J, DMC, and Run. What you had was uh, two MCs and a DJ. If you had a sole producer with the MCs, and they kind of made this cohesive sound together. I think that's what separates the super groups from the average groups. Mm. Give me three great groups and then give me three average groups. Don't, don't give me great average. Give me three great, three average. In your opinion. Three great groups. Three of them. Um, and not the easy ones. Not, not like NWA. We already know that, that like, that's iconic. Because I want to hear what you think is an average group, and I want to hear what you think is a, a great group. Okay. So. I tell you what, I tell you what, you give me a great group, I'll give you an average group, and then we'll see if we agree with that first one, you know, the, the one that we get. So I'll start, I'll, I'll give you an average group. You let me know if you think this is true. Okay. MOP. You're saying that they're average? Yeah, I mean, like, they're really good, but you know. They're right. not great. Okay. Um, so MOP. I'm trying not to say the, the locks. I think the locks are great. Right, but then that the yeah. I think they're great. I'll say I'll say I'm gonna do average, you do great. 
All right. So in that, and especially in that category, if, if you say MOP, I'll say the locks because they're in the same kind of they, yeah, they, they're in the same bracket of what they do. Right. They're in the same group genre, like genre of rap of what they do. Like, like I would say MOP, Onyx, Locks. I would say actually, I would say Mob Deep. Mob Deep, but I think Mob now. Mob, I would, I honestly would put Mob Deep as a great group. I think Mob Deep is a great group, but then that 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 speaks to Havoc being the producer, the main mm. producer, and then. Uh, Prodigy being the lyricist. But you know what's funny about that, bro? So we're talking, well, see, that's a little different. That's a little different from Salt and Pepper and Run DMC because that's a DJ, second, second lyricist, hype man, and then main lyricist versus producer and lyricist in the group together. Right. So I feel like it evolved. It evolved from that. Like, so Salt and Pepper was an evolution, a small evolution from Run DMC. Right. Same basic makeup. But then when you start to get to actual production, and maybe that started with NWA, where they had like a Dr. Dre was a DJ technically, but he was also a producer. He made the beats. So right. then that's when the shit evolved into what it is today. So I would can I would say great group, mob deep. Um, average group would be component Noriega. Yeah, you know what though? Only because Noriega, you know, not Noriega. Capone wasn't get, he didn't get to be there for like the long run of all that. Yeah. So that would have been a great group, man. But yeah, you're right about that. That's an average group. I agree. All right. Well, I, I do. A, I do a great group in the average group. I have Beat Nuts as my average group. Bone Thugs as my great group. Okay. I could do that. I could do that. What was some of the worst rap rap groups ever? Remember Crew? Was they even was True or Crew? Who was Crew? Oh my God! They had that ugly ass Onyx logo, but they were they were a rap group. I'm not not familiar with them. Oh, man, I'm about to look on my title real fast, man. Hold on, I think they was called Crew. I'm about to. Well, this is called Crew. I'm be laughing. <laughs> nah, nah. I guess it ain't this. Oh, oh, I got, I got a group for you. That's, that's, that's they not even average, but uh-huh. they um crucial conflict. Ah, they like they had that one song though. Hey, in the middle of the barn Ooh, smoking up. Mm-hmm. Hey, that song was crazy. Um, I would say great group. A tribe called Quest. Oh, average group. Top ten leaders of the new school. Yo, I like how you. I like how you spent that. You went. You went straight. Um, native tongues on there. Yeah, I like that. That was dope. That was dope. Uh, okay. Well, let's do it. We can't do that in New Jersey. There wasn't. No, there's only one great group in New Jersey. It's not even. A, it's not even like a. a a, like a second coming of anything. Mm. It's just Dirty by Nature. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's no other groups really in Jersey that oh no, F- well Fuji's. Oh but I look at I look at Fuji's more as like not like rap, but like hip hop pop type of alternative soul hip hop type of I don't know. Yeah, but they they are I But they are rappers though. 
But so that you, but but I would. That's two great groups, though. I wouldn't even now, consider Naughty by Nature average. Naughty by Nature's great. Fuji's are great. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't called. No, 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 I wasn't calling Fuji's average. Right. No. I'm just saying that that's a testament to Jersey, I guess, in terms of the groups. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me see what else we got here. Um, what what do you think about EPMD? Because, see, New Yorkers may be like, that's one of the greatest groups ever, mother. You talk about out of business, bro, Paris Smith, Eric Sermon. Right. Like, for me, see, I don't know. See, I I wasn't listening to rap hard in the 80s. Like, you know, I was like eight years old. It was more like, you know, 91, 92. I I got West Coast rap is the rap that, for me, really kind of like, oh, this is. Right. Cause that that's what was popping in nine one nine two nine three for the most part was West Coast rap. So you got EPMD. I, I would I would say EPMD is a great group. I wouldn't even play myself and say that they were average. Okay. Um, but are we saying that because it's a New York thing and it's it's a New York bias there? Because EPMD doesn't even have the success that. The locks would have that locks have, or a drop called Quest. They lost soul, even. Yeah, but they. I feel like they they were respected in that class. You know what I'm saying? Like they were pioneers in their sound. You know what I'm saying? Plus, you got to think Eric Sermon is the producer. Think about Andy You know what I'm saying? Think Andy about Garrett. the production Andy of Garrett. Eric Sermon. Yo. Real talk, yo. If EPMD was Eric Sermon and Redman, that's that'd be one of the greatest groups ever. Yeah, you know I'm saying that would be one of the greatest groups <laughs> ever. Eric Sermon. Remember when it was like that little bullshit yeah, for a little while? Was um Redman, Keith Murray, Eric Sermon? That actually was a right, though. But look at all right. So look at this, right? Mm-hmm. Red and Meth. They oh, are not man. a group. They're not. Now, they're a duo. They're not a group. But if they were maybe one of the greatest groups ever, that would be sick. I actually think that Jay-Z and Dr. Dre would be a great group. Mm. Jay and Dre would be a great group. Yeah. Let's do that. Fantasy, like I right, fantasy teams, but it's more like a producer and a rapper, but it, but they're a group. Wow. Okay. All right. So I already said Jay and Dre, Jay and Dre. You're, you're go. Um. All right, so we got Jay Z and Dr. Dre. Um, I would do Timberland. Okay. And don't say Magoo. <laughs> nah, not Timberland. And Magoo. Timberland and Pusha T. I mean, I think you kind of get that with uh, Kanye and uh, Pusha T for the most part. Yeah. But I like that. No, I like that, though. Timberland and Pusha T? Hold on, though. Do you think that that Dre and Jay is better than Ye and Jay? I mean, I'm going to say yeah because no disrespect to Kanye, but Dre the better producer. Mm. I mean... Why do you why do you say that? But that Dre the better producer? Yes. Well I okay. 
when I okay, matter of fact, I'm gonna answer the question. I'm gonna just say it because I already put it out there. Dre has more of the iconic, the iconic hits. Okay. So I know disrespect to any producer, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, I'm not a producer, so to see your skill set, because but all we know, just Blaze, his work ethic probably is double the time of Pharrell, Kanye, and Dr. Dre. Mm. But for all we know, those three make better beats than him. Right. So I can't judge you based on work ethic. I can only judge you based off, of course, your beats, your creativity, but then the impact of what those beats have created for the artists that you have given your beats to. And look, let's let's play this game mm-hmm. just to sum up my theory even much, much better for me. Okay. But let's put the iconic rappers Dre put on, Snoop Dogg, okay. Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar. Mm. So let's go with Kanye. Who is as big as those four with Kanye? I'll wait. Maybe Jay, but he already been used with Dr. Dre. So Jay put Kanye on and not vice versa. Huh? I think Jay put Kanye on and not vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? You're right about that, which makes my point even that much more. But I was still, you know, just saying like, hey, give me artists that Kanye kind of, you know, bumped up in some type of way. Make sure that, you know, not on a level of the four I just put. Yeah. Nah, he doesn't have anybody on the level of the four you mentioned. That's all I'm saying. So that's but, why I have to put but, Dre as the better but, producer. But mm-hmm. that's like that's I think that's like comparing MJ and LeBron. Like you have it's two different errors. Mm, I mean, well, okay. So this is what I could say to that. So let's look at the artists that Kanye do have. Two chains, Pusha T, Big Sean. Those are strong artists. They're not ass at all, right? You know. But at the same time, are they Snoop Dogg? Jay Z. Are they Snoop Dogg? Are they Eminem? Are they Fifty Cent? The answer is no. Now the beats in themselves are dope beats. But again, you can play Lamborghini. Oh, I mean Lamborghini. That's all hot. Now let me put explosive on. Yeah, yeah. Jay, uh, Dr. Dre is. I'm not even going to try and defend that. Dr. Dre is. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Kingmaker. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like if you partner with Dr. Dre, your chances of becoming a, a, a legend in the rap game is higher than not. It's very, I mean, but, but don't get me wrong. I feel like Kanye West has that same gravitas. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Kanye West, he's also an artist. Right. That's always the dilemma when you meet, when you, when you deal with a producer that is just as good or as great of an artist as they are as a producer because they have to focus on themselves as well. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. Take me away. Highest fucking is Malibu. Where to? I got a telly by the mountain view. Step aside, baby boy. Swag, very range. Let's isolate ourselves, girl, and spin change. Polo trunks, your bikini, and a vodka mix. We the new Janet Tupacalypse. I pay to play for my insta beauty. Make her feel like a star when she hit the mutant. Few seconds on the clock, let's play it out. Pop hella champagne, AK it out. Hella kush as we celebrate Two new faces making love in this Chevrolet You met me at a time when I was unemployed Yeah, you $600 and a hundred more Hit the ball, 
then we hit the beach. Pop that like a victory. And I'm liking all them dresses on ya. Them nominees, I am the best performer. Let's start a new page called Flexing on the Stefan Arkell got the best of Laura. We need space, so we fell apart. I wonder why didn't hell is fuck. I saw the pick of you and Mr. Right. I guess that misdemeanor made you miss the flight. Yo, Black Pilot, you're my stewardess. My heart racing like a fugitive. We used to get it popping like the Rugas here. I guess the fast life is just a souvenir. You started off a portrait that motivated me to get them Porsches. And even though I'm not there yet, yeah, it's coming soon like this Lear Jet. Hey, yo, what the f? This is a pilot right here.